Hey podcast, welcome back to another episode. Now I've got a bit of a different one for you today. So as I'm recording this podcast, it officially marks my last day as a personal trainer. So it probably helps if I give you a little bit of background first, I suppose. Some people will know, some people won't. So I'm 31 now. And when I was 18, 19, around about that age, straight out of college, I became a personal trainer. So that was my very first job. Through college, I got into training, got obsessed with it, started reading men's health magazines and all that kind of jazz, um, and was just super keen on training. I was going to join the police and then decided pretty much last minute, to be honest, to become a PT instead, and then never looked back since. So since then, since I was 19, the last kind of 12 years, I've been a full-time personal trainer. Now, back in about 2016, something like that, I set up MTB Fitness, and then, as you probably know, that's grown and grown over the years to the point where it now pays me, you know, my full-time salary. I work full-time on MTB Fitness, but I've always done some personal training. So for the last three or four months, I've done one morning a week. Now, this morning marked my very last personal training session, and as of 2024, I'll no longer be doing PT. Now, it's only been one morning a week, but even so, it's something that I've done for 12 years, to be honest. You know, every week, if I've not been on holiday, I've done a personal training session or, you know, done a few usually. So it feels quite strange, really, but exciting, of course, as well, because it means that now I'm fully 100% committed on MTB Fitness rather than 95%, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, but it's also the end of an era, like I've done this for over a decade now and now I'm no longer training people in person at all, it's all online with MTB Fitness. So I thought it'd be cool to do an episode really on some lessons that I've learned from my clients over the last 10 years as a personal trainer. I thought it'd be cool to share some lessons on what's made the successful clients successful, on some of the pitfalls that pe- that people have gone through that have maybe made them less successful or have made them fail for example so yeah I thought it'd be a bit of a different episode today so I hope you enjoy. I think one of the first things that jumps out is that when somebody has a PT they have a personal trainer that they see every week twice a week or even every other week there's a lot to be said for that accountability because when you have an appointment that you're going to you're way less likely to let somebody down you know you've paid some money You've booked it in your diary. You know that on Wednesday at 9 a.m. you go into the gym. And I think you're far more likely to actually turn up to that session rather than to cancel last minute or to stay on the sofa or to do something else instead because, you know, you're meeting somebody else there. You've got it booked in the diary. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to have a PT. Everybody needs to be paying for that. But what it does mean is that if you struggle for motivation, if you struggle to stay consistent and disciplined with your training sessions or with your rides, a great hack can be to arrange to meet somebody else there instead. So instead of doing it on your own, you arrange to meet your mate for a 7pm ride and then even if it's rainy, even if it's snowy, even if you've had a hard day, you're far more likely to show up because you've agreed to meet somebody else. It's it's. I think, A, it's much harder to let somebody else down than it is to let yourself down. But then on the other side of it as well, I think sometimes when you're thinking of training or thinking of riding, you can kind of go back and forwards with your own head, can't you? You can, like, argue with yourself that, yeah, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. When you arrange to meet somebody else, it's just totally black and white. You're doing it. So that can be a really, really good hack for you. 
Lesson number two is to focus on technique before starting to lift heavy. Now, of course, this kind of works only for people who go to the gym, but actually you could apply it to the, the bike as well. So focusing on your technique before you try and go too fast or ride too hard. But specifically in the gym, and this would generally be with men who already train, almost always if I picked up a client who was already in pretty good shape, who already trained in the gym, they were almost always lifting heavier weights than they could actually lift and not doing good enough technique. So often, if it'd be, let's say I got somebody doing a dumbbell press, I'd always ask, what weight can you lift? Right, I normally do 30 kilos a side. Okay, cool, let's start with 20 kilos and then we'll see how you get on. And they'd kind of pull the face. And then you do that first set with them, and then instantly on the first rep or two, it'd be, no, 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 come all the way down to your chest. Nope, bit lower, bit lower, that's it, all the way down. And then they press it back up, and they wouldn't go all the way to the top. Not totally locked out, but they wouldn't go all the way to the top, so you're getting them all the way up. And then they'd rush through reps, so you're slowing them down. And then often, even if they used to be lifting 30 kilos, you get them on the 20 kilos, and they'd be really struggling by the end of it. And you could see in the face, it was like always a bit of a surprise, like... Why did that hurt so much? It's so much lighter. And that is something that was really common to see, like I say, usually with men, usually with men who are experienced with training. But the lesson in it is that you want to always focus on technique first. And then once you've got your technique nailed, that's when you start to add weight. I think there's always a bit of an ego there with some people that they want to be seen to lift the heavy weights. They want to be on the big stuff. And that's cool, you know, lifting big weights, lifting heavy weights, whatever that is for you, will definitely get you stronger and fitter. So you want to be doing that. But you need to make sure you get your technique first. In 99% of cases, technique comes first and you need to make sure that you keep your technique perfect. And then only when you've got that technique nailed do you increase the weight. Lesson number three is that you won't always enjoy training when you first start. You enjoy it over time. So the vast majority of one-to-one -one clients that I used to see, um, and just a note, like these are just kind of general population people. You're not talking mountain bikers. I trained everybody from 18-year-old Harry, you know, right up to 85-year-old Maureen and everything in between. So you're not talking just about mountain bikers here. And the majority of people who would come and sign up with me would be training with me because they had a result that they wanted to see. They wanted to lose weight. They wanted to build muscle. They wanted to rehab from an injury. Um, and they wouldn't necessarily be joining or signing up with me because they love training in the gym and they just want to do even more of it. Some people are like that, but they were generally in the minority. They only started to enjoy training as they started to do it and they started to get into it. So often somebody would come to me and, you know, the gym's maybe a bit of a chore at first. But then as they start to see results, as they start to do different workouts where it's structured and they're doing different exercises, which keeps it a lot more interesting. And then as they start to get fitter and stronger and lift heavier weights and do more exercises, that's when they start to enjoy it. And then eventually they'd get to the point where training for training's sake is enjoyable, which is the same for me. You know, I enjoy seeing the results from the gym, but actually I just enjoy going and doing a workout. Like I find it great for your head as much as your body. Like I just enjoy it. But a lot of people, when they start, they don't start like that. So I think the lesson there, especially for us mountain bikers, if you don't train off the bike at the minute, is to just kind of understand that you need to start training 
And then when you start training and you keep going for a month or two, that's when you start to enjoy it. You know, if you go out on your, your very, very first mountain bike ride and you're on an old crappy bike, you know, you won't necessarily go out and absolutely love it and fall in love at first light, a love at first ride if you like. It's, it's when you do it consistently and you do it over time that you really fall in love with it. So I think the lesson there is to start training if you're thinking of training and I would recommend doing as a mountain biker, but stick at it so you start to enjoy it. The more that you do it, the more you're going to enjoy it. Lesson number four, and this is kind of a lesson as a PT rather than on the client side of it, is to understand that you're always only going to know a fraction of what there is to know. So don't be a know-it-all. I remember when I first became a PT, um, so I was freshly qualified. I was 18, 19 years old. And fresh off the back of my PT qualification, I thought I knew it all. I thought I like absolutely knew everything that there was to know about training and nutrition. And I joined a company called Easy Fit Personal Training at the time. It then changed to ProFit Personal Training. And I remember joining and I was just surrounded by PTs who were 7 to 15 years older than me, which to a 19-year-old felt like an absolute age. And the amount of knowledge they had just absolutely blew my mind. And then for the next two, three years, you were just learning so much from them. You know, you used to go to seminars every week and get taught by loads of experts in the industry. You used to be on constant courses, learning all about training and all about nutrition. And I went into it thinking that I knew it all. And within about two weeks, I realized that what I actually knew was just a fraction of what there was to know. So that's the same for everybody. I think you don't want to fall into that kind of trap and that mindset of thinking you know everything about training or riding because you've been doing it for a long time. I can promise you, whatever you think you know, there is far, far more to learn. And sometimes I get this with um, when people sign up to the MTB Fit app. So with the MTB Fit app, you get a seven day free trial first. And every now and again, I'll have someone sign up to the app and then email within half an hour um, saying, oh, I'm already doing all of this. Um, can I cancel my free trial? Now, that's totally fine. Obviously, I cancel that for them straight away. But I always know that they've not actually tried the workout and they've not properly looked at what they think they know. So they've opened it and they've looked at the exercises and they look and think, I've done that exercise before. Yeah, I've done that exercise before. I'm doing all this. I know what I'm doing. This is a waste of time. But what they miss is what they don't know. So they don't look at it and look at how many exercises that are superseted together, which means doing them one after another. They don't understand why you're doing it that way. They don't understand how many reps you're doing and why, what the rest period is and why, what exercises you're doing for a full workout, what exercises you're doing back to back. So in plan one, plan two, plan three. So you often look at something and you literally just don't know what you don't know. So they'll often presume or assume, whichever the right phrase is, that they know what they're doing with it. And actually, if they were to try the workout, they'd see it was drastically different. To give you an example, if you were to do three sets of deadlifts into three sets of bent over rows into three sets of burpees, but you do them all one after like all on their own. So you do your deadlifts first, then have a rest in between every set. When you finish with your deadlifts, you then move on to the next exercise. You do all of those, then move on to the next one. That is totally different than doing 
eight heavy deadlifts, straight into eight bent over rows, straight into 30 seconds of burpees. Like they're, they're literally incomparable because what's gonna happen is you're gonna do the deadlifts, which will tire out your hamstrings and your glutes and your lower back. And then after that, you're going straight into a bent over row where you're holding almost like that middle deadlift position. So all of those muscles that are already fatigued, you're then holding that position in a static position, which means that you're having to work the same muscles that you just worked on a deadlift, but in an isometric fashion, which means that you're holding it still. So your back muscles and your glutes and your hamstrings are now having to hold that position, much like the attack position on a descent. And then as soon as you've done that and those muscles are knackered, you're then doing burpees. So you're up, down, up, down, up, down, and you're getting that real cardio element in. And so what that's doing is every exercise is having a knock-on effect to the next one. And unless you actually do it and see how that feels, it can you can kind of think it's different to how it actually is. Now, that's just a random example I just thought of whilst I'm recording this podcast. But the overarching lesson is to make sure that no matter how old you get, no matter how long you've been training, no matter how many qualifications you get, you always understand that there's always tons more to learn. Like I say, I've been a PT now full-time. I've never had a different full-time job. I've always been self-employed as a personal trainer or now running MTB Fitness. And I know there's so much more to learn. So, you know, no matter how long you go on for, there'll always be something else to learn. Not sure what lesson we're up to now, so we'll just call this lesson five, although I don't actually know if it is or not. (laughs) This next lesson is to remember the importance of keeping training and keeping riding even when you're going through a rough time, or I'll actually change that, especially when you're going through a rough time. I remember one of my clients whose mum was sadly dying, and I used to see her three times a week, so I saw her a lot. And all the way through, when her mum went into the hospice, right until the end, she would train. In fact, there was actually, I remember the night she did cancel the training session and that's because her mum was right at the end of her life. So sadly, she obviously had to miss the session to go in to see her mum. But she would finish work at five o'clock. I would go and see her at five and she'd train till six. And even though she didn't feel like it, even though she had a crappy day at work, even though sometimes she'd train, turn up 20 minutes late because she was the director of her company, um, she would always still train and she would always turn up and she would do it. And then after that, she'd go and see her mum in the hospital or the hospice, wherever it was. And she understood that she was going through a hard time, but not training, not exercising would only make that hard time even tougher. She remembered that getting through hard times is easier when you look after your physical health and you look after your mental health. You need to look after yourself in order to get through those times. And the clients who were most successful in life, in whatever area that was, always made training a priority and understood that no matter what's going on, they need to do it because it helps them to get through those things. I could go on and on and on with lessons. I think this is lesson six, there or thereabouts. But I think the final lesson that I've really, really learned from my clients over the last 10 plus years as a trainer is that age is very much a mindset. Now, of course, there are physical changes that happen as you get older, but I've had some really young clients who are in their 80s and they're just absolutely full of beans, full of life. They're traveling all over the place. They're coming in and they're setting goals and they're training hard and they're just as energetic as a 20-year-old. 
Um, you know, I've also trained 30-year-olds who are really low energy, giving up on life, smoking weed, like just not interested. Um, and to be honest, they almost seemed older than some of my actually older clients. And just today, like I say, I had three clients, three clients left I was training, you know, for the last couple of months until I stopped this morning. Um, and one of my clients who I had this morning, my last client, is 67, I think he is. And he has been through so much in life. He got um, he got cancer at one point and was told he had a 95% chance of dying, but he pulled through it. He's been knocked over by a car, broke loads of more, loads of his bones and had a huge recovery period after that. Um, he got another cancer shock, but luckily it wasn't cancer and he was okay. Um, he's just been through absolutely loads. But all the time I've seen him, he was always full of energy, he was always positive, he was always looking forward to the future and he was always fully about making the most of life and sort of pushing through and just cracking on and dealing with the hands that life has given you. Now, even though he's 67, um, you know, whether you think that's old or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. He was so young at heart and I've had the exact same thing with clients in their 80s who come in and you just would never guess they were 80. In fact, there's a guy who goes in the gym, he's there every morning, I think he's 83 and he's super fit. He's in there training for an hour doing sit-ups, he's on the running machine, he's doing his weights, he's on the leg press, he's doing squats, he's doing bench press, he's a machine and he's mid-80s and I think... The sheer number of people I've trained of different ages, but I've trained hundreds of people over 70, over 80. And you really learn that age has got a massive mindset component. And if you start to get to your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, and you think you're old, you think you need to slow down, you think your body can't do what it used to, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to create that future for yourself. But instead, if you start to tell yourself that you can do it, that you can keep training, that you can keep setting goals, that you can keep working, that you can keep going on exciting adventures, then you're going to keep doing that instead and you're going to stay young at heart. Um, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed these lessons. They weren't prepared until this podcast. I've literally just paused it, thought of another one and recorded it here and now. I could probably go on for another hour, <laughs> to be honest, just talking about various lessons. But I hope you found this useful. Um, it's been quite nice for me, to be honest, almost a bit therapeutic because it's felt like a big deal, to be honest, like stopping training with, with my friends, essentially, because my clients are now my friends. I've been training with them a lot long. Um, it's been a big deal. And there's also quite a large psychological component with stopping training because, you know, I've, all, I've, I've run NTB Fitness full-time for the past few years. I've only done my PT part-time. But there's probably still that comfort blanket there where I'm still doing one morning a week PT. So you know that if everything goes wrong, you can go back to PT if you need to. And it's taken confidence, to be honest, and it's taken you know, some guts to be able to just stop it completely and now I am 100% all in on MTB Fitness and there isn't that comfort blanket there anymore, there isn't that that PT to step back into, like, I am already all in on MTB Fitness, but now I'm all in on MTB Fitness, if, if that makes any kind of sense, um, but of course, that's only possible for people like you who follow along, you know, especially to people who subscribe to the MTB Fit app, 
it's only because I'm very fortunate to have, you know, my followers and customers that make all that possible. So if you listen to this podcast so far, thank you so much. Keep listening, keep watching my content. If you subscribe to the MTB Fit app, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Um, and if you're not subscribed to the app and you fancy checking it out, then www.mtb.fitness is where you sign up. You can't sign up in the app. You need to sign up on the website first. Then you can sign, then you sign up on the website and then you emailed like a unique link which allows you to set up your password to then sign into the app. So you can have a seven-day trial first and yeah, and then get stuck into it. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope it was useful. I hope you've enjoyed the lessons that I've shared with you. And just yeah, thanks so much for listening. Next week, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this around the time it comes out anyway, and we've got a nutritionist on. I've already sat down with him and it was a wicked conversation. We just learned so, so much. So I think you'll enjoy that one. I think you'll find it useful. Um, but yeah, cheers. Um, oh, and one more thing. If you've not already, please leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on because it helps more people find the podcast. All right, I've waited on enough now. I'll let you go. Cheers.